Are we rolling, rolling, rolling? Rawhide. Roll right. Tide. Rawhide? What's Rawhide? Rawhide is a movie that used to be on. Or not a movie, a show. A, like a every week. For like really rolling, old rolling. people. Rawhide. It was Bonanza. Okay, so it is old people like you. Uh, yeah. All yeah, right. You know why they all know the same shows? Oh, already here. Because that's because all there was. There's only like four. There's only like one channel. Yeah. So everybody watched the same yeah, thing. Yeah, and, and you know, no, there was like four channels, but you know what that meant? You well, had to get off of the couch, walk over, turn the channel, go back, sit back down, and decide whether you like it or not. Do you know what the channels were? Like, what were the names of them? CBS, ABC. Hey, and you're complaining. Uh, CBS, ABC, NBC, and I don't know. CMT had not come out yet. So all the news networks were all the way back then? Some well, of them. When I, when I was... Younger, as like a kid, my first television was black and white. There was no color. Yeah, and it was a big monstrosity thing Look, that you sat on your you're dresser. You're sitting here complaining about having to get up off the couch and everything to go change the channel. And our ancestors, their entertainment was watching a gladiator fight a tiger, okay? Yeah, that was pretty so, cool. It's a little different. Not necessarily. It's not so bad of a life. I'm not. You know, usually it was prisoners. I think that had to fight. <laughs> okay. And I, I agree. Was, I'm I actually pretty jealous of that. Like, I would rather watch. I wish that. you could have our judicial system so that you know that they were actually nice. guilty. But then, if you got to watch like a pedophile have to get killed by a lion, I mean, a pedophile. Awesome. Why this is? How do we get into these subjects? Because they deserve man? it. You, that's have, what I'm saying. Okay, we're gonna it. start the podcast because this is already out of podcast land. Okay, so. <laughs> Is actually Rogan like would talk about this. everything people that puts talk it about in the podcast. podcast land. Yeah, no kidding. Okay, so here anyways. we go. Anyways, anyways, so we're back. The Raised Hunting Podcast is here, and we're going to be talking a little bit. Well, wait a minute. Whoa, whoa, whoa! I'm not going to tell you what we're talking about because you people have started failing. That's right. You've let us down. We've got lots and lots of people that are watching the podcast, and you're not leaving reviews. Well, technically, they're bad, lis- listening bad. to the podcast. What? Technically, they're listening to the podcast. Okay, so they're listening, watching, uh, tuning in. Okay, that's better. Tuning like in to that. the podcast, and you haven't been leaving reviews. However, I do have one that I want to make mention. Mitch Duvet commented the other day. Um, him and his dad doubled on turkeys here in Ooh, Iowa. Yeah. And I thought it was really cool. He shared a photo with us. And so, Mitch, big shout out because he said a lot of the stuff that we had talked about, they employed as far as shooting turkeys with a bow. Um, as His dad was even shot it in the shiny spot. Heck, yeah. So, anyhow, very cool. Mitch, thank you very much. We appreciate that. If more of you folks would do that, we might mention your name. We might send you something like Easton. I mean, just give him to you. Hey, I'm a lot of fun. <laughs> That's a good deal. Shipping ain't worth it. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, yeah, keep but it in a cage and feed it. Hey, be a lot. That's yeah. not very nice. <laughs> so, here we go. We are going to continue our turkey topics. And the reason being is because we're probably halfway through our turkey season. A lot of you guys are just getting started. Um, I feel and like we're close to the end just because for, they make fourth season so much longer. Right. What's our last day? May 15th? May 10th, I think. May 15th, something. Mid mid May, yeah, somewhere. So we, so you still got two two We're and a half weeks, yeah. three weeks. weeks. Almost, yeah, yeah we, and we haven't even got to four season yet. I mean, we got two days left, but right. But um, things are changing for sure. We're already seeing it. Yeah, and it's not not for the better. But uh, so anyhow, I don't know who wants to share there. We have a couple things that have happened here in Turkey Land. Um, you had someone kill a turkey for their first time. Have we missed any of the other? Because we have, you guys, you and Joey doubled. I doubled on the first day. We talked about your kill, right? Yep. And we've yep. gone, gone over that one. And Jamie killed one. So She's the only one recently, right? That I can think of. Yeah, Mom is still holding the tag. One, yeah. And Alyssa still got her tag. And yep. poor Alyssa. Holy cow, this morning was such a tease. Yeah. Dude, I, that's been my whole year. I've only had one that encounter. Where, like, I had a bird close, and that was the one where I You also have dipped out on play. You have bounced around yeah. so much. Yeah, so how? Little consistency. So I would let, like to I, know how, I would like to know what is so different from this year to last year. It's called the hitch and post. I don't know, man. My, yeah, no kidding. 
My year has been way better this year than it was last year. The Hitchin Post is a restaurant, and Warren is usually there by 8, 8.15. And <laughs> if that breakfast. gives you anything. To, and so, normally not because he's already tagged out. Right. Because he just wants to go get breakfast. Is all he does is start mentioning it at, to someone at 6.30 in the morning. Yeah. Boy, the Hitchin Post would be really good. Eggs and bacon. And if you don't get a group it. chat from Warren asking, do you need me to make a table for four at the Hitchin Post? Then there's something weird going I, on. I told uh, Nick that, that when we... One of the first days we were hunting, it was super windy and stupid. and uh, <laughs> Super windy? Yeah, it was super windy and stupid. And I was like, man, some breakfast sounds good. And he's like, yeah, like a McChicken and, or, a, you know, whatever the McDonald's egg sandwiches are. And I was like, no. Like, I'm talking like a real <laughs> breakfast, like eggs and bacon, not fr- some freaking grease bomb at 7 in the morning. Yeah, that's the only way I go to eat breakfast. It's got to be a legit breakfast. Otherwise, that stuff is... Well, we're not the only ones that... because, And I will I'm admit I'm guilty of going to the Hitchin Post, but typically it's in celebratory action yes. because we've killed a turkey. And I have not... That is the bummer for me. The place that we normally have of our ce- celebratory breakfast is temporarily closed. <laughs> uh, you, can't, you can't talk that much crap because how many turkey kills had you been a part of on the first week last year? Uh... I don't know, like seven or eight here in Iowa. Okay. No. And well, wasn't that many because I know, like, when you came well, help me, me and Joey, here, it was like three it. weeks in. I think in. it was more. Two weeks no, in. No, was it? We were, no. like, we were at least second week because we hunted the first week on our own. No, you just felt like it was that long. No, we genuinely did. Kicked. No, we mm. we actually hunted the first week. Nope. I don't think so. If anything, it was the second weekend. Nope. Maybe the second weekend. That's it. But I don't because they had enough. we had enough time to hunt our own places and get our butts kicked, and they hunted where Joey ended up killing and then left, and then we hunted there for two or three days. That was on the first day, though. Yeah, but we hunted three three to four days at our own place on our own. Okay. Yeah, but it starts on a Monday usually, so you're this still This is not helpful. Not listening. People listening to the podcast are not getting any information out of us arguing about what day. What is your point? Count up how many it was. It was okay, at so, least. So Easton killed. Well, let me go from the beginning. So I killed on opening day, I believe. Yes, with Nick. Nick killed the second day, right? We Didn't we go back? The, all right. Um, then I don't know who was next. Who? Because um, Alyssa's in that first Did week. Did you take a youth? No, I don't think so. No, you didn't take a youth last no, year. No, I took everybody. I no, mean, so Joey everybody. was in there, but I don't know what day Joey was. I can look at my phone. Whatever it was, Joey killed, and then the next day, me and you killed. Was you, that afternoon? No, yours no, was, was. I looked at yours. Yours was Saturday. The, so yours was the. So it been, you may be right. Six it's Friday. In. Yeah, so Friday, Friday, because it was the day before Joey killed. So, but you were every day, right? Then mine. Yeah. Yeah. What, then what, Alyssa's. Yep. Then my second one. That one might have been a little later, though. Where was your first one? I was second trying to remember which one later. was that. Um, on your west piece. You did not. Okay, yeah. You didn't kill two with a bow last year, did you? Yeah. Oh, you did? Yeah. Um, Impressive. Yeah. I. Wow. I had to jump <laughs> in the creek to get the first one. Yeah. Oh, that's right. I remember that. Yep. So. Okay, well, I think Warren's point here is the fact that it hasn't been that consistent. No, I'm saying take Hitchin Post out of the equation because he's not going to Hitchin Post all the time, and his right. numbers are still way down, too. You can look at – the only thing I will say is I went three days, three shots Yeah. for this, this year. year. That, yeah. And last year was not the case. Yeah. But this year I will preface our weather has been – not to, like, use an excuse, but, I mean, our weather has been the evening – even the mornings if you're not – like, if you're sitting a little bit later, but the evenings mainly are 20, 30-mile-an-hour winds. That's the, the biggest – The mornings I've have been, like, cold, cold, cold and windy. Cold, which we haven't sat out because they're cold, but when it's 30-mile-an-hour winds at – 8 a.m., like, right. it's, it's you better tough. kill them off the roost, otherwise you ain't killing them. Yeah, they can't hear you. Unless you can find they them. They can't find you, and they shut up. Where, like, this morning, they were gobbling like crazy, and it was they, cold, but it was calm and sunny. We were even he- we heard gobbles till 10, that last sit, and that I haven't had that all year. Right. But So, so anyhow, that first week, which you guys have heard us say numerous times, the first week, at least in Iowa, in the Midwest, because um, I, well, since this last podcast, I've been back to Nebraska, filled my second oh, tag right. there. Yep, you got another one and there. With yeah, no maybe, blind. Yeah, maybe we should talk a little bit. I forgot about that, that um, I set out to see if I could well, kill that, one. There, you should talk, I mean, you can talk about that story, but you should talk about the difference, because you even, you came back and said that, man, I would like to go back to Nebraska instead of opening weekend or whatever. I'd like to go later. 
compared yeah. to here, we're already like when you went back there, we're still dealing with it's already we're getting to the point where it's tougher. Right. You went back there and they're fired up like no other. That's because they start so much earlier. That yeah. so it, for those of you that I think Nebraska is the only state that I know of that offers an archery only season. And somebody write in and tell us if there's another state that has one. There it's, is. It's, where? Um, I don't know, but somebody was just telling me about that. Oh, yeah? I think Kansas, actually. Well, Nebraska is also, like, the only Midwest state that is extremely early on a turkey, like, in March. Well, no, the, but their turkey season doesn't start till April. I mean, what do you with, mean? A, with a shotgun. Oh, you're saying that archery only That archery early? only season is a long time. It's like three weeks. Yeah, that's fair. So It's three it's, weeks? It is. It go March 25th to, well, what was the week? What What was last Saturday? Today was uh, April twenty fourth, so what's it? Not this seventeenth. I don't know. Twenty fourth. So back up three 16th. three days. Twenty fourth, twenty third, twenty second. Yeah. So the fifteenth. So there. Yeah. So from March twenty fifth to April fifteenth is archery, or April fourteenth is archery season in Nebraska. Wow, I did not realize. that. I didn't either, and and then it turns into their shotgun season. Huh. That is a long um, season. You know, just a little bit of information, though, that, so that people will know that if you're looking at doing these Midwest hunts, a lot of them are by draw, including Iowa. Yeah. And Nebraska now is. They did not used to be. So it's, I didn't think Nebraska li- was draw. I thought it was just They just started tag. this year. It's, uh, not, a, yeah, it's, it's not, not a draw. But. Well, what I'm saying is it's a limit. I mean, yeah, they're not You can't just over. go, like, if you decide you wanted to go tomorrow, you can't. Yep. Um, Unless they know. didn't sell out. They did. I'm saying in the event. In future years, right. they don't, which right. that will probably never happen. Well, they won't I sell think out. they'll sell out all the time unless yeah. they up the quota by it. And, and yeah. the whole purpose of it right now is to save the turkeys. They've cut down to a two bird limit. They've also taken out you can't kill two birds in the same day. You got to kill one, then kill another one. I'd be willing to bet that actually makes a pretty big difference. It makes a huge difference, especially and, there. And because I mean, I believe. Well, not taking them out of the flock. Yeah, Shane, Shane well, that, and I could, quite possibly could have killed four birds out of. We had four toms come in that first day. Yeah, that that's my not necessarily even the same flock. Just the fact that you can get multiple to come in, and now you're having to you shoot one, and then you have to go back and get more to come in again. Well, the other thing is, is on a three day hunt, that means that you're only going to have three mornings. Yeah. Where on a, if you if you could kill two in a day, you could kill one at six thirty in the morning. Go back out at eight thirty or nine o'clock. Go back out again at noon. I mean, that was doable before. Yeah. Do you know if it was ten thousand licenses ten, or ten thousand tags? Ten thousand um, permits. So, so does that mean that ten thousand people could each get two tags? No. Or? No. Each every time you bought one, like I bought two, right. so I took two of the ten thousand. Okay, so that so, so that's tax. really could possibly only be, be five thousand people. people. Correct. I wonder how many. I wonder. I would be really curious to know how many they were killing before this. Like what the know. total harvest. Well, numbers if were. you did that and you just assumed it was three tags a person, and yeah. I don't know. I don't remember. I don't think they ever had the limit. No, I mean there they wasn't. probably have a limit, but it was probably a lot more than. Well, I, I'm sure that they came was, up with ten thousand had to be derived at from somewhere. They didn't just. Come up with yeah, a number. I would say it's significantly more previously. Oh, yeah. I would feel like they yeah. probably cut it by like 50, 60%. Yeah, a lot. Which, which, uh, I'm, I'm, which I'm a fan mm-hmm. of. I mean, yeah. if you've seen the numbers, if you hunted Nebraska years ago, now you hunted it recently, there's a big difference in the turkey numbers. It's still far beyond a lot of other places, I mean, the turkey numbers. But the entire Midwest. It, it used to be stupid. Yeah, but oh, you could was, sit there in your early archery season that you're talking about and have a flock of 100 to 200. Yes. And now, granted, I'm sure certain areas are still having things like that. But as far as I'm concerned, even five years ago, the big flocks were now like 50, 50 60, or that early in the year. We those We got to experience the... Good old days yeah. of Nebraska. Yeah, we really did. Because we were doing it on public. We weren't even, I mean, some of yeah, it was permission, but other stuff was just national forest and unbelievable amounts of birds. Oh, and wow. then they have a walk-in program. And if you, those walk-in places were. They had just, lists of them. Yeah, there, and there was, because everyone wanted to get rid of their turkeys. Yeah. They had way too many of them. It's a walk-in program. Meaning, like, you could just go sign a permission slip and oh, you were like hunting the, private ground, but it was public. Like that. Stuff like in block, Montana, management block management, yeah, yeah, yep. yep. okay. Anyways, well, let's. So you you went back and you, well, so, first off, anybody that's paid attention to our social media, 
the post that you guys recently may have seen <laughs> of slingshot engaged or whatever of Ricky Bobby and three or four times just freaking booking it was <laughs> from that trip. Yeah. And that's that's the difference. Like if you just took a very physical video difference, you go look at some of the footage from your hunt a month ago or whatever it was now and they're they're strutting around and they're coming in and stuff and they're working in decoys and stuff. Well, now you went back and they're running to you, beat you the crap touch, out of anything. Yeah, you touch a call and, <laughs> and <laughs> <laughs> I have never seen a turkey run that fast to decoys. I've never seen it either. Ever. It was so fast you couldn't even you could hardly even see the booby bouncing. Well, you but you could hear. It, <laughs> but the thing that I noticed, and I asked Marty the same thing, and and Jake who was hunting with us, I was like, could you guys? You could hear their feet, which I mean, yeah, just like right. Well, they had to hit the brakes when they got there. Yeah, they the were one, running so the fast. The one started strutting. Like, it looked like a parachute. He's like, hunk. <laughs> It was cool. It I don't was even know really what that would cool. sound like. I, I mean, you hear them walk through the woods and stuff when they're scratching around, and they sound like a herd of cattle coming through. But I've never heard like one specifically running where you know what that sounds like. I don't. It was it was very cool. That was one deal. Um, the other one, Marty was done the first morning um, in fifteen minutes, twenty <laughs> minutes. Pitched out of a tree, walked right to the decoys, and he shot him. Yeah. I mean, now he was hunting with a shotgun, so yeah. he had somewhat of a upper hand, you know, but. Um, but I had specifically gone there to try to fill a tag um, without using a blind. And I did it for a couple of reasons. Not because I don't honestly like adding more challenges to turkeys. I like, I enjoy hunting them the way we hunt them, where we sit in a blind and have our decoys out and they come in. I enjoy that so much that I'll continue to do it that way. However, when you're hunting by yourself, it's tough to pack a decoy, a blind, a chair, camera, Everything that you yep. need to take. So I decided, okay, if there was one thing that I could give up, I would give up the blind and see if I could do it and and, and still try to film it. And I will say uh, hats off to the Tacticam people because that's the only reason I got the footage that I got yeah, you was being it. able to set something out there and remotely start it. You know, I that's mean, probably the only reason that you were comfortable shooting in the situation you were too because absolutely. a lot of the stuff we knew, we need to have some footage and right. some video, and I think you probably knew when he was the way he came in that he wasn't gonna, you weren't gonna get him on camera. Very I well. knew I wasn't getting him on the big the camera that camera, I still yeah. had. Yes. And so you were self filming, you were sitting without a blind, nothing, just the decoys out there, which I know some people still say is cheating, which I think is ridiculous, but with a bow, and you got it, got her done. Well, you got it done closer than most people ever even get a turkey either. Yeah. Well, he came within. Three, four yards, something like I can't tell you exactly because I tried to grab him, man. I, no, I couldn't turn around. <laughs> I was, he was behind me, and I was like, okay, just keep facing the decoy and pray he comes through the fence. And so the last time we did a podcast, we showed people we had just put on social media, your bird coming through a fence and didn't check up, man. I mean, bloop, right through the fence. This bird wouldn't, wouldn't do it. And it wasn't much, I mean, it was a little better fence, but it wasn't a sheep fence or anything like that. It was still just a, um, Barbara strand fence and he would not come through it and so anyhow when he got hung up I mean fortunately for me the other the last place that I had a camera was now mounted on my bow so no matter what I where I was pointed at I was filming you know and it was cool I mean it was I will say this it was um I don't recall shaking and I guess I didn't realize that I was shaking as much as I was till I went back and looked at the footage and you can see my I had my uh, ghillie suit over top, and you see all of the f the f leaves like going like this, because I mean it was nerve wracking, man, to know that he was three or four yards right there behind and you, not being able to really look. I couldn't look. I could. Yeah. I could just hear him. I could hear him. Yeah, when we talk about stuff like you. when you're drum, like when you, if you really, you have to hear it the first time. You never know what drumming is until you actually understand. Okay, that's what that specific noise slash almost a feeling was i don't even know what it would feel like to be nothing in between you and them and it would be all feeling i feel like right. from to hear that or to feel the drumming like i feel like you'd feel it in your chest well the cool thing was is that it was he did it so many times that's how i was keeping track of where he was is the <laughs> spitting the Oh, yeah. Every time he would do that, I'm like, okay, he's coming down the fence. I know where he's coming. But I'm still just facing my decoys, and he's walking right toward me. And then finally, it sounded like it got a little farther away. So I took the took the opportunity, or I thought he might be walking away. I'm going to turn my head. 
And I just turned my head real slow. And sure enough, when I look over, his tail's blocking his head. And I was like, that worked. Yeah, he's only six, seven yards away. Spin around. And I was like, there's no way. And I spin around. Well, he heard something or saw something. And he comes out of a strut for a second and he's looking around. And then I just stayed still at that point. And he went back into the strut. And I'm like, well, I'm not quite far enough around. Spin one more time. When he, If he does it again, sure enough, tail starts to go up. When it goes up, I spin one more time. And then next thing I know, I'm about to get a 12 to 15-yard shot at him. And so then the only thing was trying to get a good shot where I could, you know, shoot him right where he where he was. Yeah. But but I will tell you this, how I killed that bird started with the fact that I was hunting a place. I went hunting. I mean, like um, when I say a lot of times what we do over there is we'll either Jake will tell us or we kind of know where they're at. And we go set up, and we're planning on, okay, they should roost in these trees because there's not a whole lot of choices, and tomorrow morning they should come out here. Well, this one, I'm just packing decoys, and I took off into the timber. Yeah. And so anyhow, I walk back there, and the wind is blowing like 40 miles an hour. So I went to the east side of the wind, I mean the west side of the trees, because the wind was actually out of the east. It was like a southeast, really hard southeast wind. And so I got out of the wind, went around on that side, and um, – it just still wasn't like I, the bird, when I heard him gobble the first time, you would have thought he was 500 yards away. And I kind of was kept telling myself, he can't be that far. He's got the wind's blowing too hard. He's got to be like 150, 200 yards away. So I waited a little while before I called again until I felt like if he's coming toward me, he should be about even with me. The next time I hit a call, he wasn't even with me. He had actually made it past me. And then I made a few more calls, and I'm like, boy, it sounds like he's coming, and then I see him coming through the trees. I wonder if that's partly why he didn't come out through the fence, because it was so windy that Maybe. he wouldn't be able to strut out in the field. Well, if the wind wasn't blowing to. that hard on my side. Oh. I mean, it was hitting the tops of the trees, you know, really yeah. hard, but it wasn't down on the ground. So I don't think that was the case. Could have been, and and that's kind of what I want to talk about in today's podcast, is now if you're one of those guys using decoys, Decoy selection becomes really tough right now. I mean, I, that's I, that's preface to Iowa because uh, or anywhere that your um, season has been in for a little bit. Cause, Eastern birds, honestly, I think, yeah. Well, I I'm, think Miriams yeah, pre- are stupid enough that you can continually change it up on them and they'll come. But in. I'm talking about some of these guys that are I'm hunting sure. Easterns that their season just opened, and yeah. so they're going to be untouched yeah. still, and they may be able to. So I guess do whatever, we but. should preface what we're talking about then we're talking about that the birds are starting to get educated and they're not coming in right it seems sure seems that mainly way. What, I, which pressure which too i think doesn't make any sense because one of the places that i'm hunting where we were hunting this morning not they're, touched they're, they haven't been touched there hasn't not been a truck a in there they're, the neighbors haven't been in there and yet the birds are already acting so that's to me i'm starting to feel like it's not necessarily the pressure as much as it's the time the, the you, season. You catch them that first week and they seem to be very callable. And then as soon as that week is over, you're already starting to get into that really tough time. Yep. Now, I. But your guys' birds this morning, in my opinion, didn't necessarily act all that weird. No. Because they didn't, they didn't come in. But it's not like they saw the decoy and they were like, oh, no, I'm not going over to that. Right. So what's going on right now is I feel like what you're dealing with is the hens that broke up, more of the toms are with, even if it's just with one or two. I honestly believe the best time to kill a turkey right now, and, and again, this I don't have a lot of facts other than yesterday to back it up, Midday. is 12 o'clock, yep. like 11 to 1. Like sleep in and don't even worry about going. You won't know where they are because you won't know where they are even if you were there in the morning other than you'll know they were there. Yeah. But other than that, because like these birds this morning moved. Oh, yeah. They went somewhere, and then they kind of shut up. Well, yesterday, I'm hunting with mom, and we had somewhat the same thing. We didn't have near as many birds on the roost as what we had. And they came out. Birds came to. We had, had hens come. We had hens, and mom passed on a bearded hen, which I'm still kicking her in the butt for that one because I've been trying to kill a bearded hen for like 20 years. And it's like you've had multiple come in when you're not the one. When the I'm tag. not the shooter, yeah. I've had it happen. New and yesterday she had the perfect opportunity. I mean, 20, 17 yards, 18 yards, and yep. but three jakes and and four hens come in, and we could hear a bird gobbling earlier. And I was told her I don't think it was those jakes, but I don't see him. So this goes on for 20 minutes. They're at the decoys. Finally, the flock decides, oh, we've had enough of these fake turkeys, and they start moving away. And as they start moving away, 
look who shows up on the edge of the timber and big old, his big old strutter. So I agree with you, Warren, that we didn't really have them see it. But they're kind of doing the same thing you were talking about last week, and that is they're pitching down and then they're not going anywhere for a while. They're, and that's where I'm thinking that hopefully, it, uh, hopefully this is the case, is we have seen a significant increase in our hen numbers around where we're hunting at because what I'm seeing is that we've helped that. We did some trapping and stuff like that and got some of the predators out of there. You've shot some of the predators by shooting some of the coyotes, but we still have not got enough. Um, but my point is is that we've seen a few more hens, so I feel like there's more hens with more toms. Um, but I also think that those hens leave those toms, but it's later in the morning, like not cool. even mid-morning, like where we stayed till this morning till 10, Yeah, you know, but more like 11 to 1. What I don't um, necessarily understand is I would say that those birds this morning were acting somewhat weird just in the fact of how vocal they were being and did not care. Like, they, they just wanted to talk. And and then you turn around and, like, that that specific spot was – you guys haven't really hunted it. You hadn't hunted it till yesterday. Correct. So it was not hunted. No neighbors have hunted it or anything. They haven't had any pressure. And then you turn around and where me and Jamie killed the one, those birds have been a pain in the butt all year. And we hunted them the first week. And after that, we knew that we needed, somebody needed some kind of shotgun tag to break the, break the curse over there and just be able to get in on them to where they come in the right way and figure them out a little bit. And we went and did that. But the, the thing about it was, they came they came to calls no issue whatsoever yet you go 40 miles away and these birds that have not been hunted at all don't okay. care to come to a call at all so far but they'll from my gobble 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 i think that every like the first hour or two i don't really expect to call them in any of them it doesn't seem like they i it feels to me as though that i call in all of them around like 8:30 and I think that yeah, just, I logically that's what I would think. I just all I'm wait like the ones that I called in on uh, Friday, no or Saturday. Yes, was it yesterday morning? Yesterday was Sunday, so yeah, yeah. Yesterday morning, you guys were hunting yeah. the new farm. Yep, I called in seven birds. You did not call them. Caller. You yes, in a I did. Jakes, they got somewhat close. Four jakes and three toms. The three toms didn't get close. Yes, they did. Seventy yards. Yeah. <laughs> With Jake's between them and the um, decoys, that's close. He called in the Jake's. And they absolutely, no, I didn't, because the bird, the, that's how I knew they were coming, is the Tom was gobbling okay, and coming we, to me. I don't think you, if, you, if someone's but, hunting with a bow, you can't count it as a call in unless it comes within bow range. Whether you get a shot or not, that doesn't matter, but it's got to yeah, come within that's bow That's when range. absolutely came, they came to my calls, that's, for sure. Th- they right. may have come to your calls, but they didn't come so all I the way. I called them in. They came you to you half okay. called them in. No, the decoys screwed it up. Otherwise, they'd have been standing decoys. on top of me. I'm calling, I'm calling BS, and you can count it however you so want. So, anyways, we'll, we'll count it as I you called had in seven few turkeys Jakes yesterday. Came in. <laughs> so these seven turkeys that I called in, how many did you guys they, kill? We should we should have shot one, but I have a picky freaking shooter. So are you? You will not shoot. I would have absolutely if in in her exact scenario, I'd have freaking blitzed that Jake, no problem. And you know it's true, and he will confirm because I've killed a pile you of used them. to, but you've had all sorts of Jakes come by. Yep. I didn't need to at that point. This was desperate measures. Anyways, <laughs> go on. Um, no, because you just don't want to go anymore. <laughs> Anyways, so those birds gobbled all morning, but they didn't go anywhere. They weren't moving, or they weren't moving very far. And then finally the one, I'd hit a call, and he'd answer. And then I hit a call, and he'd answer. And then I waited a little bit, and then he'd sound like he moved a little bit. you know. And then in your mind, in the turkey hunter mind, you know when they're coming, but you can't say that, right? You can't be like, okay, this bird's coming. But I knew in my mind this one's coming. And then I hit a call, and he was a lot closer. So then I told Alyssa, I was like, okay, you might need to just get ready because I think this bird, there's a chance. And then I hit one more call, and there he is. He's in the field, right? Uh, but I, I very rarely seem to ever have them come, like, right off the roost and come into calls. See, all the birds but, I've had a part of a shot or killed was right off the roost this I, year. I think that really, but I think that yours weren't. You didn't call those Joey's birds. Like, I think you were in the right spot, and they came to. They Joey's s- came one hundred percent was called in. He was alone. had He was had no reason to come somewhere else, and he came in. And then the other ones were going the opposite way. I was going to say that flock that when but he called the in, one, they, the they one, all came. Yeah, those ones are going the complete opposite way. The moment I called to them, 
They turn around like, huh, what's that? And then I called to them again, and they did their little committed walk coming See, right in. Now, I agree with I, – I, I disagree with you on that what's a call-in and what's not. <laughs> However, I do agree with you on – you made a comment, I think, or maybe you made the comment this morning that I don't like it. I love it. it I, I mean, I love hearing it. It's so much fun to hear what we heard this yeah. morning when there's an absolute pile of turkeys in the trees. Blah, 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 blah. How many was there? I think there was four. I think there was five. I very rarely get a bird to come out of that, out of those like that. I hate those mornings. I like it when it's one tom or two toms right close to me or three or four that are scattered as opposed to like sounds like they're in a bigger group or could be close to getting into a group because I feel like what those do is they pitch down together and then they just hang out. They can all see each other and everything. Why would we leave? Where Because on opening day when I shot those two, the first two that came in, they came off the roost and came to us, but not like right away. You know, there was probably 45 minutes to an hour from the time they hit the ground till they made it there. I think I shot at 7 o'clock or 7.15, and I think daylight's like 6.15. Um, so I prefer, I agree, I'm not a big fan of the, or, or my success rate is not very, that first hour is probably one of my lowest conversions. Yeah. So let's just say this, because I think this is the point of the podcast, is we're trying to, how do you kill pressured birds? Right. That, well, you need to also f- how you figure out whether they're least. pressured, or if uh, I guess you could even just premise it as difficult, difficult birds that well, you're I not being able is, to get the right reactions out of. You're not being able to just call to them again to come in, or maybe they're not coming close enough. I things think, like that. I think it's. I think you have two separate factors here. I think one is different with a bow, first with a shotgun. So with a bow, when you start to get birds that are more pressured or difficult or whatever we want to call it. How how are you approaching killing those birds? Do you ditch the blind? Do you ditch the decoys? Do you keep the decoys and ditch the blind? Do you keep the blind, ditch if, the decoys? If we want to be successful, if we want to kill, if, if there's someone out there who wants to kill a turkey and you have private ground to do it on or you have a big enough area that you can make sure you can see what's going on, you know, because you, you got to be safe, I'm going to the Reaper. Okay, without the Reaper. Gotta throw the I'll tell you that what I'm doing is I'm knowing exactly where they're going. Don't touch if if it has to be. I don't. I don't. I will never. You'll never catch me doing it. But I know it works. I've watched him do it too. Blind, no decoys, no calls, and let them come. You're, you're basically waiting on them like a deer. That sounds awful. No, but but uh, well, there's a. Mi- I believe it's effective. There's a mixture would... of that. What me and what me, you and Alyssa did this morning, the last time. Yeah. I could have sat there for a long time. Yeah, you could have just sat there because yeah, one of them's going to come by eventually. Once we once we got there, and I was like, "Ooh, this is we're out of the wind." You have the, the feeling the, down the, there the, too. The weather was right. This is where someone will swing by, and so what you'll do is you sit for an hour, throw a call. Sit for forty five minutes, throw a call. Half hour, hour goes. All of a sudden, you're sitting there, and then giving back something, and now you're in the right area. The tough part about that is you you need a lot of time. You know, the other part of that is there's a lot of time of nothing, but it's difficult to be both. You can't take a nap either. Yeah. one time when that sucker lights up that you don't know that he was there, you're going to miss it. With a shotgun, you just sit and Hold lean on, against though. a tree. So let's say that bird comes in. Okay. And he sees the decoys, and he's out. He leaves? Yep. Okay, so I got to find another one that won't do that. Or, well, or I'm just, pull the that's decoys. What, that's what we get to start happening is right. that, that we'll have that happen or we'll be able to call them in. But then they get to us and they see the decoys and it's either the blind or the decoys and they won't come. That's We've been having that problem all year. Where the, the you just that one farm, shotgun. which is so yeah. weird. The, the number one question, I guarantee you if there's a turkey hunter out there that uses a decoy, you've all been in this situation and yesterday it happened. Um, or no, I'm sorry. Yesterday was Sunday. Saturday it happened. And that is, did they see my decoy or not? The bird comes to a certain point, and then they turn and leave. Or they they stay there and strut back and forth, and they're there for an hour and then leave. But they don't come in. You don't get a shot. And you can't figure out, was it because they couldn't see the decoy, so they didn't come, or they could see the decoy, and they didn't come. And Mom and I had that exact situation happen. That bird came within 
45, 50 yards. I mean, if he's five more yards around a bush, she can shoot. She was hunting with a shotgun. And I'm sitting there thinking, does he see the decoy or does he not? Because there's a crest of a hill, and I put him purposely close to the top but not right on top because I really expected all of our gobbling was coming from this side of the hill. So I wasn't expecting anyone to come directly behind us. But I still, Nick looked at the footage with me a little while ago, and from our point of view, I'm going, he had to have seen the top of that tail because I had a strutter out. But then when I got over there and I knelt down and I, after we were done and we didn't get a shot at him and I'm looking at that tail, I'm going, I can't see down there. Yeah. I don't know. And so maybe I just – and so there becomes that question. Sometimes I think we blame it on a decoy, and maybe it's that they couldn't find what they were looking for. I'm talking about, though – so, like, let's just to put some parameters on this. You got one farm to hunt. Yep. Okay? 200 acres, and you've been hunting it all year. Okay. Right. And you have this scenario where a bird comes to you calling. He walks out in the field. He sees your decoys. Tail fan goes down. He's out. Okay. Because we've all had that. Okay. And then I'm going to what Easton's talking about. I'm going and I'm, I'm, I'm even going to go to the extent I won't just pop the blind up out in the field anymore either. Yeah, put okay. it in the trees. I'll put or it something. in the trees and kind of camouflage it in a little bit. You don't have to go crazy, but enough to make it inconspicuous. And I'm trying to, now you better start doing your scouting. Spend more time in the afternoons or the mornings trying to see if you can see those birds and where they're going and try to be there and wait on them. So you would say that there gets a point where birds that you've educated or someone else has educated, have been educated, that utilizing just a blind out in the open and decoys can almost get to the point with a bow where they're unkillable. Or you're getting, or you're hoping for the lottery to find the one fresh yes. one or that's on a really, he's angry and he's willing to still come into a decoy. He can't think straight at all. Yes, I, I think there's one or one of two options to when they do that though. You have to weigh. Okay, is it was it my decoy setup or was it the blind? Because we'll preach a lot of times, set your blind up in the wide open doesn't matter. Right. But I'll tell you right now, I think me and you both have talked about it extensively. That one farm, I seriously think that part of that is the blind, I and do too. which is odd, very odd, because we don't have that issue anywhere else. Even in the area, we don't have that issue anywhere but else. On that place. The thing to note, I think, is what you said. Those birds are very callable. We've each yeah, called you them can in call multiple them in times. multiple times, and but they'll they'll just kind of skirt around and bounce around. Now, what I would like, what I just said was just set a blind up, or if like you're gonna have to brush it in a lot, I may even just sit there against a tree and brush myself in a little bit, and not worry about having to do the whole blind. But the other thing that I kind of want to try that I don't maybe you have before is an absolute whack decoy setup, like. Maybe set your blind where it's right on the edge of the trees or whatever so it's still not freaking way out in the wide open. Put two or three, like two two strutters and a jake and three hens or some crap out there just to see if they haven't seen anything like that. Because if, if, they, if they come into that, then what that tells me right there is the decoy. The decoy setup is what they're like, oh, I've seen this before. Right. But if they still come out and they're like, what the heck, which I would be like, what the heck. But if... They do that, then it's like, okay, they saw turkeys. It's probably the blind. So then I think, though, for just uh, for anybody that's listening, because I have started to get a few of these questions. And I also I don't expect anybody to pack in dirt, dirt turkey decoys like goose hunting. Yeah. But I'm just you saying. Friggin I've only seen that once. ATV, <laughs> I sure. saw a guy had like 12. Oh, my God. And did it work? I don't know. I didn't know him. I just saw the setup in the field. be careful which one you imagine? shoot. Could you imagine the company getting that order? They think it's a retail order. He yeah, had, no, he had every brand you could think of. He had Montana decoys, Avian decoys. He had Featherflex, you I name think, it, I Primos. Think it would, I think it'd work in Nebraska early because there's so many birds. But um, but I think to provide people with some information, if you're trying to kill a, a bird with your bow still okay, and it's getting later and the birds that you're hunting seem to have gotten educated and figured that out, then you probably either have to – drastically change your approach and and it's going to be a lot harder like you're talking about trying to kill one basically on you're setting them up on a trail you know and they need to strut their way to you or whatever um or you need to find new birds that are fresh you gotta go get permission somewhere else go to a different piece of public you gotta go do something and hope that those ones haven't been messed with i think that that's important to note that there well, there comes a point where you, you can be putting set up in your, setting up your blind and your decoy as many times as you want and you're probably well, the, 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 in, the instance that Easton was mentioning that I've done it, I've only done it once or maybe three, two, three times that I can think of where I sat like all day, no calls, no decoys. 
Okay, but in the one particular time was for one particular bird. And, and I, the way I figured things out is I was removing things. So the first time he comes into my calls, he sees something and turns and runs. I'm like, okay, must be the decoys. So I eliminate the decoys. I don't know if it was the next day or two days later, I hit the call. Man, this bird's coming. Next thing I know, it's Bushy Beard again. Here he comes. Comes out in the field. This time there's no decoys. I'm like, he's going to have to come over here and keep looking. And he's okay with that, and he's walking around a little bit, but he's like, nope, I ain't committing to that. I'll gobble and I'll strut. I'm staying out here at like 40. A shotgun hunter could have killed him. He was probably 35, 40 yards. You know, and he strutted and strutted and strutted. So I was like, okay, he's not too worried about the blind. He was okay with that. But the decoys not being here, he didn't run off, you know. So the next time I moved the blind, though, over next to a cedar bush and said, okay, now what I want to do is he seems to like this area. I found a core area that had a trail camera there. So I started checking that trail camera almost daily just to see. And then I started realizing he's coming through once a day. Sometime during the day, he pat and, and you'd have to see that to understand that situation where he comes to that point of the field right there where the road comes through, and it makes a cool corner. And I say a cool corner. It's a shaded spot where when it's sunny, they can get out of the shade and he can strut. And I was like, I'm just going to sit and wait on him right there. I'm just going to bank on he's going to be there at some point. So I've killed two like that. Without actually. calling? Yeah. I didn't, I, and, and I will say this, that one of the hardest things to do is to be no. sit there and not call when a bird gobbles 200 yards away. Yeah. You hear, and you're like, oh, it's 3 o'clock in the afternoon, and all I got to do now is touch a call, and he'll come over and just don't do it. What about in the situation of doing that same thing? And You go in there like, okay, we're, like when he came in and you could see him, were you still calling some? Or no. Did, oh, you We didn't. were packing up. Oh, see, I was wondering if you could maybe do it where all you do is you call very minimally – once or twice until he answers, and then once he answers, done. Yeah, or if I, that would even I, benefit. I had tried all benefit. that, and and it got to the point where just nothing would work. And and I didn't see him coming in. Mom didn't see him coming in. When we saw him for the first time, he was seven or eight yards away. All of a sudden, he was standing. I mean, and the only reason I saw him is because I was packing stuff up, and I happened to turn and look out the window, and I'm like, Karen, Karen, he's right here, and she's like, what? And I'm like, he's right here. And he's just pecking around, kind of thinking about strutting. And then I'm like, he doesn't have a freaking clue because we've not blown a call. We've not done anything. He just thinks everything's normal, normal but it's seven something in the evening. I'm like, we're, and so I got to re knock an arrow and everything. She gets the camera on him and all this, and I shoot him. Huh, I don't wild. know. I. So Man, that, but, that situation is different, though, because you also knew the, weirdly enough, right. knew the bird. But I think very part of what's going on is sometimes what we think is pressured birds is the change of the year. It's And what I'm talking about is, oh, they must be pressured because they keep going away from me. No, they're with hens. Those hens have broke up. I mean, we're not seeing big flocks of hens. I saw a flock of hens the other day that was maybe seven or eight or nine or something like that, which was large. That That was just even two weeks ago. 15, 16, 20, and now they broke. So now I feel like that that midday thing could eliminate all of this, meaning you could find a Tom that even if he – now if they're getting shot at with shotguns or they've had situations where they come to the decoys, you you may be fighting a losing battle other than going into not, not doing anything. Now you say they're with hens, and are you thinking that they are just following – because – and Warren said it the other day, and I 100% agree with him. Now I don't necessarily, but what he wasn't talking about now is hens. You almost just throw a call out, and goodness, you can't get them to go away if you get them to come in, and they're just going to hang out. Well, now are they not necessarily pressured, but the hens aren't coming around as much because they're more focused on nesting and I think doing that they become own. kind of annoyed with each other, you know, because they are looking to go – sit on their eggs and you don't ever see two hens nowhere near each other when they nest they go separately so i think they become annoyed and they will move away from another hen and so sometimes they take the tom with them and so that's what you see but it's um it's just one of those things where right now i definitely i I am a firm believer and i might even just do that a couple times even without someone just go sit and see if i can film a turkey doing something in the middle of the day 
because what I'm getting at is I just checked several trail cameras yesterday, and I had a lot of birds between 1 and 3 o'clock by themselves. Not just laying there. But you would... uh... (laughs) Huh? Contra- not just, not just laying, laying there. there like the ones today. You'd contradict yourself. One, I think with a shotgun, this whole thing is totally different. Because I think now we are different than the east side of the country. Because I, I think it seems like over there there's so many more turkey hunters that it gets different. Absolutely. But I think that you can almost call a bird in all the time. If, if you're not putting out decoys, putting in blinds, and you find the right one, just like the ones we're talking about, you can call them in. If you can, can you get them to 40? That's the question. And I think that well, a lot those of times birds you could. that we killed yesterday morning was... They all came in, and they were nervous because they caught us moving. Yeah. But they were – I don't think that until they got within 20 yards, they never even had the opportunity to see the decoys. So they were solely coming to a call. Yeah. Right. Yeah, I mean, and and the ones that we had yesterday, I think that there's a good chance that you'd have killed one of those toms because the jakes would have kept going. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? I would be trying to interest. be a little more mysterious instead of guiding them to the decoys. Yeah. Not – quite as many calls and, and I think the Jakes would have probably either, you know, gone right past you or to the right or something and the Toms would have been following and you'd have got a shot. Yeah. With it. So I think it's a different game with a shotgun. But um the one time I ever did that was the best hunt of my life. Because I these turkeys that. I think it was I can't remember if I was going to school or what. Maybe it was work. But every day going to work, these whatever I was going to do, I kept seeing this bird go on this terrace. And they weren't doing, they weren't playing with decoys or anything anymore. And so I pulled the dad and I was going to go and sit the blind right there at the end of that terrace and figured I'll get a shot. Right. And so I did that the next morning and, uh, I decided, well, I'm just going to, for, I don't know why I was by myself. Cause it was one of the few times I've ever been by myself. And so I was hunting by myself and I was like, oh, I'm just going to take a quick nap. <laughs> well, my nap. I told you you can't take a nap in those situations. My, oh yeah, you can no, you can. You if can't let yourself. It's meant to be. It's meant to be, my oh man. Oh my gosh! Because I took a nap and I ended up sleeping a lot longer than I intended to. <laughs> and I woke up and I looked at my clock. I was like, "Oh shit!" And I so I just peeked my head up, you know, like pulled a brock. And there's a turkey at forty walking right at me. Grabbed my bow within two minutes. Shot the bird and was done. <laughs> it was freaking epic. If it's meant to be, it's meant to be. <laughs> it was so awesome. One's like, yeah, I just went and took a nap, and I just woke up to a bird there and shot him. That's it. It's exactly. Easy. What are you talking about? That's exactly what happened. <laughs> oh, that's lucky. It was so lucky. what did you? What are you saying? I'm contradicting myself, though. Because you're saying between one and three that you feel as though that may change, but yet you'll say that between one and three it's loafing is loafing time. time, and they won't do anything. And and I'm and I'm what I'm getting at is typically that's what, and maybe it's not three. Maybe it's 11 to 1. But what I'm saying, is, what is midday for a turkey hunter is 11 o'clock because you've been, it's daylight at 5.30, 5.45 or whatever now. So my point is, is that I'm what I call late morning or mid-morning, you know, is 9 o'clock. You know, and that's, that's my kill time typically. That's 7.30 to 9.30. Birds get off the roost. The hens start to, they do their thing for that hour and it's annoying and you can't do anything with them. They start to mill about and then all of a sudden one shows up. That's what, that's where my money, if I had someone told me there was only one time of the day I could go for two hours, that would probably be what I'd pick. However, at this time of year, maybe that's not the case. Maybe what I'm starting to say is I'm trying to learn, are these birds doing what I think they're doing? And that is they're staying with, there's more hens. They're staying with those hens longer. It's taking longer for those hens to leave. And then once they're off of those hens, now they're like, and now they've all, more birds are getting to breed because there's so many more hens. And so all of a sudden, all of them are like, yeah, this is go time, man. So if you touch a hen call at the middle, in the middle of the day, and you can find one that, that has been locked up, I think you could kill it. I think he would come. To the decoys too. I would still have, probably have decoys out because I think that, if, if if I don't think they've been pressured, if I think I'm just dealing with a different time of turkey, yep. I'm probably putting the decoys out. Well, but be, we and, have good news because in two days this whole problem goes away because Warren's buying a <laughs> super <laughs> goose tag, and I am just blowing the beaks off these suckers. Well, one at least. I still got a bow tag, so. All right. Well, you can use a bow, you know. I don't you feel like buy, it. You can buy that bow. You can buy that tag and still use a bow. Nah, I'm good. Yeah, Warren is by far well past 
he didn't have any patience to go into the season. He is so far past having even an ounce of patience left for turkeys at the moment. So just let him have the All shotgun. Right. So I, was, I want fun turkey hunting. No, yesterday we were walking, walking and, and we're like, I'm doing it in a way I normally would not do it. Moving through a bottom, waiting to hear a bird gobble. And I found a spot that mm, mm, felt good. I was like, I know they roost in here. I think we could sit here and just wait for them this evening. And... I let myself be peer pressured to, I don't want to shit around. I want to go try to chase a turkey. He's like, yeah, I could shed hunt while I do it too. I'm like, you're an idiot. This is just, he's not trying to turkey hunt. He's he's shed hunting. Right. I was too trying to turkey hunt, but I want a fun turkey, not a boring one. The same thing with fishing. He's he's a catcher, not a fisher. Right. I'm not a fisher. No, you're not. At least you admit that one. Fisherman. You're not a turkey hunter. All right. So should we wrap? And let's wrap hunter. this up then. I think if we had to wrap this up, you hear that this is, without without wrapping it up, just from the discussion, You, when you get mid-season of any turkey season, whether it's pressured birds, whether it's the change of birds, they get harder, period. Yeah, birds you, can get. You need turkeys. to start changing too yes. with them. I think turkeys are a unique one because they can be so easy sometimes and so hard other times. Absolutely. But you can catch them at just the right time, at just the right mood. And so you got to change up, like what Easton just said, you got to change up what you're doing. Otherwise, you're just borderline insanity. You're just doing the same thing, hoping for the same result, and it ain't going to happen. That's why you get a super goose. Super goose. He's referring to a shotgun. So anyhow... Well, thanks again, guys, for tuning in to the Raised Hunting Podcast. Um, I hope that uh, – well, I, not I hope. We've had proof that what we're talking about has helped guys thinking about what they're doing and they're applying it, and it's worked. And so, anyhow, we're not saying we know everything by any means. Well, and as you can hear, we're still trying to figure things out ourselves. I'm still learning. I've been doing this for 35 years now, something like maybe almost 40, and – I just think it's so cool to, to understand that I can still learn something about them. Yeah. So anyhow, keep writing the reviews, keep sharing with your friends. Um, keep next, asking questions. Yeah. You know, we, we will continue. If we on. don't know the answer and you want to know what happens when you set out four toms for a decoy and a couple Jake's and maybe a whole flock of hens, let me know. I'll try it for you. We'll yeah. see what happens. You should try it. <laughs> I'm going to. I've always that's, that, that's why I was zoning out a couple of times there because I was thinking about what kind of combination I'm going to do. I'm going to have like five or six different birds at least. You're, you're going to have to have them really consolidated to keep them in your shooting window. Oh, no. I'm spreading them out. How are you going to shoot everywhere? Because I'm going to let them come to those How decoys and work through them. Well, I get them all to move. I'll be. <laughs> I'll have remote controls. I'll have fishing lines feet. everywhere. <laughs> it's basically going to be a piano. Yeah, no, no, like the, the doll thingies. Uh, It'd be a synchronization. Why can I not think of their name right now? The whole that would be the hilarious. axe they used to do, like like Pinocchio is the little string guy. Marionette. Huh? Marionette. I never would have guessed that, that one. Whatever. I thought that was just a puppet. Puppet, yeah, string puppets. That's string what I was thinking puppet. of. There you go. All right. I think we were closing before he got so off on a tangent. So thank you guys again. We appreciate it. This is the Raised Hunting Podcast signing off.